Hi, I'm Lucy. <laughs> That's not true. <laughs> no, I'm Hannah. Yeah. And I'm Luce. And this is Rhyme. Okay. We're so curious. We're so curious. We want to learn. We love to talk. And connect. And listen. That's true. So here we are, listening to you. With a lot of questions. Yeah, we're lifelong learners. We want to know you. Let's run, baby. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Let's run, baby. Let's run, baby. In this episode, we speak with Sasha Nudel. She's a Ukrainian-born poet who immigrated with her family to New York City when she was just 16 years old. She already has one book out called A Mouth Full of Lust, available on Amazon and also on Barnes & Noble. And she's coming out with her second book of poetry, and it's called I Wrote a Poem for You. We're super grateful to be chatting with Sasha today, and she even reads us one of her unpublished poems. So, hope you enjoy this conversation with Sasha. So, my name is Sasha Nodell. That's how you pronounce my last name, although since I moved here when I was 16, it's been Noodle this whole time. Fine by me. Uh, but you pronounce it as Nudal. And like I said, I moved here when I was 16 from Ukraine. Um, been here in Brooklyn since, since then. And my poetry did not kick in until much later, although I was, I used to write in Russian back then, but I truly don't think I even realized that I was like, I was writing poetry was more for like self-expression and I guess to just like to deal with the transition because we kind of had like a, a difficult um, immigration because like first my dad moved then I moved then my mom joined us so it wasn't easy so I think it was just me you know expressing my feelings but then funny enough I recently because I had my mom called and she said you have to pick up yourself that we still have like my my textbooks uh, I found some journals and I found my poetry and it it blew my mind honestly I don't know what it was that me was like a traumatic episode or something because I did not even realize how deeply I was feeling at the moment because once I left it at my mom's house many 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 years ago I never I never even looked at it and now that I did it was was scary <laughs> freaked me out a little bit so yeah but my poetry kicked in I want to say like five six years ago wow and I sort of I always felt like I was a creative person but I don't I never had means of like expressing my creativity but I was very like super hyper aware of the fact that I want to express my creativity and um, as like as an immigrant, an immigrant from the former USSR, you kind of try different things as a child because you have to be kept busy at all times. But nobody really has money, so like you start something, but in order for you to like make it to become a professional in it, like dancing or art or piano or something else, you truly need 
enough money to continue with it. So I sort of like tried different things, but I never excelled in them. So, and it was, I always felt truly frustrated about it. And then I think, uh, I don't think, I know, I've been always inspired by, by people that like I had on my, I've met and um, like that I had on my path. And um, I've always been, I double majored in speech pathology because that's what I practice right now and psychology. But it's a decision that I had to make really quickly because I moved when I was 16 and that's high school. So, and I sort, uh, I heard about speech pathology and I was like, okay, that, that sounds like, so, sounds like something that will give me stability. So I went for it, but it truly, it wasn't my passion, even though I, I like what I like, what I do and it's very rewarding. Uh, it's not, it's not my passion. So I had to find a, a kind of like search for my passion after I finished my grad school. Hmm. So once I had the luxury of like, time and just relaxing post-grad school I went for I pursued my true passion one of my true passions I have two one is poetry and the other one is health and wellness I grew up with a dad who was um, he was into bodybuilding and he was competing um, on an amateur level so I sort of always grew up aware of my like of the way like I felt in my own body and it never felt good if I wasn't like taking care of myself or not eating right or not exercising. And I got certified as, as a trainer. So I was practicing two things at the same time, speech pathology and training. And that made me feel great because that, that was my true passion. And uh, I'm very, I don't, I'm very hesitant to post more about it on my page because Instagram is like so rigid right now. Like you have to stick to your niche which is upsetting because like health and wellness is super important to me. So I'm trying to figure out how to introduce, which it's, it's actually sad. It's my true passion, but like, I don't get a chance to talk about it on Instagram. So I was practicing both and I had my daughter in 2015 and a year after that, because hormones and everything else, once I got back into my own, headspace my usual headspace I I felt just, I just all of a sudden I was feeling very courageous so I decided to start sharing my poetry on Instagram and and that's how it all started wow, wow. that was that <laughs> I love it I I read your website as well like some of your poems and I've seen it on uh, on your Instagram too and it's so uh, complex the way you write and it's really deep and profound and you really make me think about your words and you can, I can feel like there is so much underneath these words, you know? So for me, you're, you're a really talented poet. Thank you yeah. so much. It means a lot to me that it lands deeply with other people yeah. and people yeah. resonates with people and they can relate. I, that makes my world go around yeah how did you experience words when you were a kid because you said you found these journals right how did you experience talking or expressing with your words when you were young it's funny you say that I'm I'm an only child so I kind of and like when I say that people always go like oh 
so sorry. And I'm like, it was great. <laughs> and I actually realized that I never, ever, ever felt lonely in my life, ever. Not mm. through, you know, us moving here, not through any breakups, heartbreaks. Like, mm. I truly never felt lonely. I spent a lot of time in my head. Uh, I fa fantasize a lot. I daydream a lot. Mm. Um, I'm never bored. Uh, so I guess I was talking to myself more than I was talking to others, even though like, I, I think I, I am an introvert, although like I can fake being an extrovert. But as you know, I'm sure you know that like a lot of people have that misconception that when you're an introvert, that means like you're to yourself, but it's truly not that. I just recharge when I'm alone because not to sound mean, but people drain me. <laughs> I, I love socializing, but yeah. short periods. Yeah, I relate to that. I understand that. So you talked a lot with yourself. So I to my being an only child and it was great. Honestly, <laughs> it was great. Mm. Um, and then I, I truly, it was simply me putting pen to paper, nothing mm. more than that. Because mm -hmm. I moved here and like 16, especially when you, you're born there, at 16, you're a grown-up. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you truly are. So it wasn't easy to move here and, um, you know, learning English and not having any friends here. So I was my, I was my, my own best friend, which mm -hmm. might sound sad, but it's not. So mm -hmm. I just truly started expressing my feelings on paper. Like mm -hmm. I said, I truly didn't realize that I was writing poetry back yeah. then. Yeah. I mean, poetry is like a, an expression of, of what is going on inside, right? It's just using yeah. the words of these images that live in your own space. And sounds like you are an expert in your space by spending so much time with yourself. Yeah. Well put. Mm -hmm. I think so. Mm -hmm. And that makes me like hyper hyper aware of everything which can be like a curse and a burden or the greatest thing of it all mm. i accept it i accept it the way it is mm. i don't mind it at all they do say ignorance is bliss which I, I can see that it can be a lot easier to be ignorant mm. um, but it's not fun mm. it's a lot more fun to be aware Mm. Yeah, speaking of your, your awareness, how does that um, play a role in your process, in your writing process? Like, what inspires you? And when you, when you are inspired to write, how, how does that process look for you? Like you said, speaking of aware, I've always been this, just like mortal, mortality has been uh, like a normal thing to me I was never like scared of it or anything and um I think I'm scared to say it out loud but I don't really like talking about it but I'm not someone who like believes which I'm an atheist so they say you know but you have nothing to to what's what's the point and right like what is the point like it's so sad to 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 be like you probably and truly isn't because 
someone who believes in God might have something to die for, right? But me thinking that there's nothing past the end, it just makes my life so much more focused. And I cherish every second of the day and I make sure to live in the moment and I try to find poetry everywhere in every like routine thing, in every mundane thing. Um, like I said, I think it just makes my life a lot more focused because like I know that I think, I, I don't know, I truly, I'm more agnostic, I guess, because I truly don't know what's going to happen after, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gone. So I'm just very focused and I, um, I'm making the best out of it. Mm. That's that. Yeah. Is that so? Would you say that that inspires your 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 writing, like this viewpoint? Very much so. Very much so. I would. I, I'm not someone who opens up easily to like random people. I don't talk about my. I'm very private. Very private. So like, even having an Instagram page is super difficult for me. And trying to like grow my following like all I want is for people to read my poetry but I know that in 2022 just posting words is never gonna work so like I'm trying to incorporate because I, I do love any and all forms of art so I try to make it visual because at the end of the day Instagram is more visual so I try to incorporate like the art of photography to like attract a reader um, but yes for sure the fact that I I don't think about what's going to happen after I'm gone and I don't, I don't worry about it. It definitely makes me, inspires me, motivates me to live in the moment and which in turn helps me with my writing. Cause I, I write about that a lot. Mm -hmm. And um, so that, that's definitely an inspiration, but mostly people past, present, future fantasies, um, mostly people. You love fascinated with psychology and like everyone's inner worlds, the everyone's demons, flaws. It's super attractive to me. So I literally once I meet someone that of interest to me, um, in any way, like in a friendly way, just just any any gender, like it doesn't it doesn't have to be like a man or a woman just someone of interest to me, like uh, probably someone who is also courageous and can be vulnerable and can open up on a deeper level. Like I hate small talk, I truly hate small talk. Just, just, just show me your scars, flaws, demons, and I'll show you mine. Mm -hmm. That inspires me a lot. Cause mm -hmm. when, when, once that, when, once there's this click, there's going to be poetry written after. Like I always, I always tell people that do open up to me and who I'm able to open up to. I always give them a heads up that there's going to be a poet poem written written about you. <laughs> Something's coming <laughs> out. Don't mind it, but usually, usually most people don't mind. Yeah. But then, then I get like D DMs like, "Is this one about me? Was this one about me?" <laughs> You'll never know. Yeah, that's beautiful. <laughs> so you can say that you're writing the poetry in the connection with people, right? You're writing it, or, well, not writing it yet, but you experience the poetry in your connections. And then afterwards, the words come. 100%, yes. 
wow. then I overanalyze it, I sleep on it, I yeah. fantasize about it, and then I write about it. Wow. So it's all about connection, eh? Connection is everything to mm. me. It, it mm. feeds my soul. Mm. And you spread it. And I, I hope so. Yeah, you are. Well, yeah, definitely you are. I saw you wrote a book. I so, I mean, so, yeah. you are doing it. Yeah. Expression of your essence, right? Like we talk about this a lot in the past. But how long have we met now, Hannah? Like we've, we've been talking about that a lot. Like what is your essence? How does that feel? And how can you express that, right? So for, for us, this business that we are creating, a rhyme, that's for us, an expression, right? This is our poetry. So right. I, it's a very selfish act. My poetry is very selfish and very okay. self-serving. Yeah. It's all to me. And the fact that other people, that it resonates with other people just... Wow, blows my mind every yeah. day, every time. That's an extra. Oh, I get it. I get it. Yeah. I understand how you feel about your own business. Yeah. And it's well, the same thing for you guys. You think you're doing like you you're you're truly enjoying it, but then you're motivating and inspiring and helping so many people, which is amazing. Mm. We love it, right, Anne? <laughs> yeah, we just love it. Yeah, feel feel super related, relatable. What you're talking about the um, the extension of it's like who we are, right? This like this extension of our being, and then we get to live our lives this way, and people right respond, and it's almost shocking. So, yeah, I feel like it's the only way it's gonna work. You are yeah. living it authentically, and then. Only then people will follow. Otherwise, it's never going to work. Mm. You have to do it for yourself before you do it for others. And I always say that. Like I, even in motherhood, I, I never, I could never understand mothers that like to play martyrs. Mm. I always think they have to be in the right headspace. They have to take care of themselves if they want to be the best moms ever. The mm. best moms. I'm. This is one thing that I'm going to sound arrogant, but I believe in it wholeheartedly. I don't think you can be a good mom if you're playing a martyr. Mm -hmm. No, you're going to show your kids that you always need to take care of the other and not yourself. So actually what we're doing is we're creating this cycle of, oh, let's take care of the, the other. So you teach your children to take care of other and actually by taking care of your kid you you want to say you're so important but actually what you're saying is you are not important yourself you need to take care of others far more exactly. than take care of yourself and did you learn that from your mom your family like any examples in your surroundings or how did this yeah your body mind confessing so many things that i have never mentioned before <laughs> yes, definitely my mom was a martyr and mm. there's no bigger I've never experienced a love bigger than what my mom feels towards me and you would think that it would make me happy and of course it does because I'm showered with love from my mom but watching her play a martyr and be a victim in her own marriage just breaks me mm. just breaks me mm. and 
I, I, I would be a lot happier if she could take care of herself before she showered me with love. Mm. But I think it's a product of like her upbringing and where she grew up because it was, it's very emblematic of the country that we grew up in. Mm. So yes, definitely from my family. So um, I would be the happiest child in the world if she could take care of herself before she took care of me. Mm. Did you ever have this conversation with your mom? Yes, but I th I realized that I, I realized that I think she on a subconscious level enjoys being enjoys being a victim almost. Mm. Yeah. So there's there's just no change in that. Yes, I've had that conversation. Yeah. And there's nothing I can do. <laughs> Yeah, no, really different. And sometimes we need to accept that that's it, right? We need to stay daughters. I mean, we need to stay at this child level and there are parents we cannot. Yes, I think so. That at the end of the day, there's no bigger love than her love for me. And I feel it. I feel it in every fiber of my being. But she, it, she just doesn't realize how much pain it causes me to watch her be a victim mm. in her own relationship yeah and how did you learn that to change that then because now you have totally different you're doing it different right how did you do that how did you learn that that's a good question i wish i knew the answer but i knew that i i knew i wanted to be the opposite of that mm. I, I guess i guess from the amount of pain that her pain has caused me hmm. like I, I only want to see my mom happy hmm. and I haven't well that takes a lot of um awareness to realize that and to change it in in a way that is productive and supportive right I I hope I'm doing it I hope so I think I'm doing it I have to be I have to stop being a little I have to start being self-deprecating. I think I know I'm doing it. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I know I'm doing it. Because yeah. I see, I can see it with my daughter. Yeah. She's doing good. She's wow. doing good. That's beautiful. Of course, not perfect, but I think that aspect, the aspect that I wanted to change with my mom, I fixed that, mm. you, know, you know, in my own practice of motherhood. Hmm. so one one change at a time yeah yeah it's beautiful that you brought this topic up because that's actually something that we're focusing on in our next retreat which is an all women, all women's retreat in portugal in september and it's um related to this theme right that you experienced with your mother and that you're expressing now to us it's this um, pattern right that a lot of women around the whole world experience of um, giving more than receiving right so being yeah. out of balance with that energy and um, it's really beautiful that you brought that up as a, a practice that you consciously create for yourself that you're breaking that pattern through your mother it is a very conscious mm. decision making every day it's very conscious 
I have to remind myself to practice it all the time. Mm. Yeah. And what are some ways that you create space for yourself? I imagine you have a lot going on, right? You're working in schools as a speech pathologist. You're also um, a writer, a poet, a mother, um, a daughter. You know, what are some ways that you create space for yourself um, that feel like they bring ease into your to your day, to your system, to your process? Um, I got very lucky with my with my husband, and he's very respectful of m my time and my needs. And we happen to have the same need of for solitude, so we do allow that space for each other. And I need a lot of solitude. <laughs> I, I truly do. So reading, definitely exercising. I realize after practicing yoga many, many, many times, I realize that it's easier for, for me to empty my mind when I do like rigorous exercises. Um, but being a trainer, I do practice like different types of types of workouts. And I, I love that. So just go into different classes, especially in New York. It's so easy. Mm -hmm. You know, so many different classes. So I practice that a lot. I go on very long walks. I love listening to music. I love reading. And normally I realize that what's going to bring me the most peace is when I listen to my own, like my body almost guides me. So I could not meditate to save my life. I just, I just couldn't. I tried so many times and it was so frustrating because I'm like, me failing? There's just no way. And I'm like 37 years old. How like I should be able to do it. Everyone's doing it. And I, when, I, when I say I tried it many times, I truly mean it. I tried it so many times and I couldn't. But we moved recently and I have a beautiful park near, near our home. So I've been going on very long walks, like I said. Just listen to music and there are, there's a lake and like beautiful benches. And I, at one point, I truly felt like my body just my body just as if like my body grabbed me and brought me to a bench and I had this desperate need to sit close my eyes and meditate and it was maybe like first it was two minutes and then it was five minutes I realized that I just have I can't force it and I just have to listen to my body so if it's two minutes today and it's 10 minutes uh, you know on Tuesday, it's fine by me. Forcing it does the opposite for me. Hmm. So I think I'm big on like listening to my own body, whatever it wants to do to my head, I let it. I love that. So that's how I that's how I make space. And I also like meeting with my friends, having date nights with my husband. Um, that's that's what it is. That's how I make. space you know, make space in my head for, for, for all of my passions. Mm. Yeah. I can imagine if you, if you need a lot of solitude and that's how you recharge, then when you have that, when you make these connections with people that inspire you for your writing, everything's so, so much more magnetic and potent and um, delicious, you know, I'm sure. Perfect word 
perfect words to describe how I feel when when there is that connection. Yeah, I'm thinking too of um, living in New York City, and I've never lived in in a city that big. But is it just me, or other people like to look into the windows, like? of apartments when you're walking through a big city. I love looking up and, and looking into the yeah. windows of, of buildings. I do too, and like imagine what they're imagine talking them. about, what they're yeah. thinking. Uh, it's one of my favorite to do when I visit, normally it's in Europe, big European cities. I'm just like fascinated. I could sit on a bench and just look in windows and, and create stories from all the different lamp you know, the different like lamps that you see and different pieces of art. And sometimes you see a person walk by and yeah. Well, I ask a million questions like, what are they doing? What are they thinking? I wonder what they're cooking. I am, uh, I'm very, very inquisitive and curious by nature. So I want to know everything. Yes. Mm. How does it smell? Um, how, how do you sleep at night? You sleep how well? did you meet? Most importantly, how did you meet? What, what were you feeling at the moment when you met? I want to know everything. Yeah. Yeah. What are some of your favorite questions when you, when you are in that space? Probably what are your, what are your demons? I have to say, mm. what are your guilty pleasures? Mm. What are your flaws? What are you uncomfortable with? What are you uncomfortable talking about? What makes you want to hide? <laughs> They're really good questions. So all the sides that, that we're like scared to talk about or show. Mm. I think that's what I want to know about and mm. to write about. Mm. <laughs> what I is, what is one question that you would answer now? Would, is there one question that you would answer for yourself? We will do it too. Let's do this. I mean, we're going to do it together, right? So what is a question? Like I do this with my partner and he's like, Ask me a question, like a really tough question, but you need to answer it first yourself. So then you're really aware, right? All right, so I'm going to ask this question, but fuck, I need to answer it first myself. So let's do that. Pick one of those questions for you and you're going to answer itself and then we will answer it too. What were the questions I asked? <laughs> all of a sudden, I forgot all of them. <laughs> what makes you want to hide? was one that was the last one I, I, that hit me at least. What makes me want to hide? It's such a loaded question because it depends on like, on the time you're living in, is if it's about your past, your present, your future. Right now, talking about politics makes me want to hide. Mm. Yeah. And the divisiveness in the world just breaks my heart mm. what yeah. about you was that a question for me or for hannah yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit it was my own game huh yeah this is your game Luce. <laughs> all right like this is a very honest answer right so what makes me want to hide in this very moment i think like you write a lot about sexuality and, and femininity right so i am diving into this subject more and more also for myself like this past few years i've been coming out of the closet not as my sexual sexual orientation but more like hey here i am right like owning my femininity my softness like showing myself to the world and i'm doing it 
but still like if I think about oh shit and now I need to do this kind of thing that that is connected with showing myself fully my first thought is oh I'm gonna hide for this right like I'm like you like I I prefer being alone in a way that I recharge, right? I don't need people around me constantly. I, I also need my, my solitude. And what makes me want to hide is that, I think. Like, all right, here I am. And I can do it. And it's getting more and more natural to me. Here I am fully, you know, like, I, I don't care. I, my boobs are big and I'm not wearing a bra today, right? Fuck it. <laughs> But sometimes it creeps in. It's like, oh, with, with this, every time I take it a step further, I, I, I want to hide. I feel like, oh, I want to hide. Like, am I, I feel so confident, like, com- like comfortable and confident in this new dress. But then I look in the mirror and I think, oh, fuck, am I, you know? All right, let's not do it. And then I, whoa, no. Yeah, so that's a really true, honest answer for me. I can still relate to that especially given the photos that I post. Mm, I, you, know, you know what I keep reminding myself every time? And it, it, was, it was, it's so true. In practice, from experience, I learned that sexual energy is creative energy and I never looked back. I, I think sexual energy was the biggest inspiration for me. And I can definitely relate to that because I'm very comfortable with like nudity but I know that people around me are not as comfortable as I am and I can also like I don't have to wear a bra but then I think of my of the hard nipples that people will be looking at which I'm fine with I'm totally fine with but then I'm like oh I don't want to make anyone feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and I'm like why 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 do I care because in reality most of the societal norms make make my skin crawl truly make my skin crawl Mm -hmm. including the most traditional ones just um um, just turn me off so much so I can definitely relate to what you're feeling but it's almost like my mantra sexual energy is creative energy and then you know what the more you practice the easier it'll become I will use that thank you for that Sexual energy is creative energy. Mm-hmm. I can feel it when I say that. It's like, mm-hmm. hell yeah, let my titties flap. Flappity flap flap. You know? 100%. 100%. No, but yeah, without joking, uh, thank you for that. That's really inspiring. Like, I like obviously read that and I saw your pictures and now talking to you. Um, about all this like I I can see that you're it's very one-on-one like how you show yourself on Instagram also with your sensuality Uh, I feel like this is you now I'm talking to you and I have this similar energy sometimes you see women and think oh like I don't know if this is very from a place of your essence like from other people but when I look at your photos it feels that way it feels real like real Mm -hmm. yeah I'm very happy and the funny part is that my husband's like show more of your tits show more of your ass so he's not one of those like sh- do you want more followers if you want more followers show your tits and i'm like no but you know i'm a speech pathologist and i work with children with autism like what of the i i think i blocked mo- most of my like co-workers but like you never know and again i'm very comfortable with it but like yeah. 
I don't yeah. care to discuss it at work. And he's like, if you show more, more of your ass, you'll have more followers every time. Every time like I, I collaborate with a photographer and he sees the pictures, he goes like, that's not naked enough. Mm-hmm. Why aren't you showing more, more of your nakedness? Yeah. yeah. Like, wait a second. I'll get there. He's like, it's been like four years. What are you waiting for? <laughs> a very supportive husband, though. That's good. He's yeah. very supportive. He's very mm. supportive. Well, as long as you feel comfortable, this is this is what it's all about, right? Like, if you feel comfortable and like, hey, this is who I am. Yeah, it's really it's easy sure. to say it. I mean, it's always been easy, especially when I just started. Mm-hmm. Oh my goodness, the number of times that I posted and deleted, posted and deleted, posted and deleted. And then I was like, I, I think there will be enough people. Because mm-hmm. honestly, when you browse through Instagram, you see, uh, you know, you see some types of content that are like, that have thousands of comments on them. And you ask yourself, how does that resonate with people? <laughs> And I'm like, if that resonated with people, what I post will resonate with people. So it was a lot of like self-talking mm. and like trying to trying to make myself believe. You know what always worked for me, especially like even I, I told Hannah on the phone that I've always had like the biggest fear of public speaking, even like podcasts. I've been on podcasts before. The it would make me so, so, so nervous. So when I started teaching like kickboxing classes, bootcamp classes, you have to teach a group of a large group of people. And you have to kind of, I always, I always wanted to be the, the type of a trainer that I would want to have for myself, which is loud and obnoxious and motivating. So I'm like, but how am I going to do that? I have all the resources and the knowledge and the energy, but I, I'm not loud and obnoxious. How am I going to do it? I truly had to fake confidence in order to succeed. And you know what? It worked. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe you know it's not faking. Maybe it's just like bringing it up, you know, like gather it from mm-hmm. all different experiences. I don't really believe in faking because faking, what is faking actually, right? I feel like this is already in your body. It only doesn't resonate maybe with this experience yet, but you mm-hmm. have it. From I different hope experience, so. I hope yeah. that's what it was. Because I had to go in there and pretend like I'm not scared and that I got this and it, it worked. So mm. yeah, yeah. We talk about that a lot within rhyme, right? Like we have because we tap tap into this idea of wholeness, right? We have the obnoxious loud version of ourselves. Like like Lou said, maybe it's not the, the version that we're often sharing. But it's practice. It's like a, it's a way that we can actually, we do that a lot with different practices with different people and our clients. It's like someone who wants to feel something or be something, experience life a certain way. We can actually bring that up in our system, right? And teach our system, hey, that, that part of me exists, right? And then make it bigger and play with our energy that way. So it makes, it makes a lot of sense. The alter ego. It's funny, yeah. people always like comment, oh, you're posting your alter ego on Instagram and I'm like no 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 that's me and okay. the person that that I'm at work that's my that's also you it's the opposite yeah yeah but it's like also you yeah. go ahead then I was just saying that at work I'm very like timid I don't engage 
I just do I just do my thing. But then you come on my Instagram and that's why I blocked all of my coworkers. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh that part of me. We have different parts, right? In ourselves and like we we have different relationships with different people. So I feel I talked to I talked to someone uh, the other day about this. Like Instagram is just a, a part of what we show from ourselves, right? Because we are so much more. Just like words. Um, I saw this image and it's like words are like this, but an experience is like this, right? And same, more accurate. Yeah, that's a little difficult to explain on a podcast, but the image is like words are very linear, and the experience is five dimensional, like beyond that so it's really difficult to show yourself because it's just one image it's just a video you know but it's a part of you i mean it's a reflect you're creating it so that's an expression yeah but also being a teacher in a way that's also you right Mm. yeah i like the way you (laughs) i like the way you make it sound Mm. (laughs) kind of what are you what makes you hide no I knew I knew with this one I'm I'm just getting to know you Sasha but this one would not let me get away <laughs> for sure I was just waiting even after an hour I would call her after the podcast like let's have this talk and integrate this in podcast we have some unfinished business yeah <laughs> um but that's a good question you know and I, I've obviously had a long time to think about it um but what makes me want to hide? Mm, I'm, the thing that comes up for me is like, I'm relating to an experience I recently had with being around, um, yeah, just being around different energies, different people, and kind of like what you were saying earlier, Sasha, like you, you hate small talk, right? So it's like this this version of myself that gets really like impatient and um, annoyed and I need to practice compassion in those moments because it makes you want to just hide and sleep and go away and not talk at all because it's so so I guess just being being around experiences people places whatever that are just kind of low vibrational and um yeah Un- un- unconscious unaware and 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 needing to like again practice compassion and being in um um being in a, in a in a state of of peace and acceptance for everyone's process because sometimes that just makes me want to hide and just can't i totally get it and it's funny like recently in the past i want to say like five years i had to part with some of my like closest friends and you know what i had to keep telling myself because at one point I realized that there's really like, we drifted apart, but I definitely put an effort into drifting apart from those people. Because I realized that it, it, it was exactly what you just described, that our energies were not matching, right? But there were people that were in my life for the longest and I truly didn't want to hurt their feelings. So. I kept replaying the kind, the you know, the kind of converse, the kind of a conversation I would want to have to with them to explain why, like, we cannot just be friends anymore. And truly, no one scenario ever sounded 
the way that I know would not hurt their feelings. And it truly pained me because at the end of the day, I never wanted to hurt their feelings. But I don't think there, there was, I couldn't think of a way that would not hurt their feelings. And then I realized that I could just tell them that I could not bring any value to their lives anymore. Me personally, because, because our energies were not matching, I couldn't be a good friend to them anymore. I truly couldn't. And I think it was the best that I could come up with, but it was also was very true. Mm-hmm. It, it wasn't just the, them not adding any value to my to my life, but because of the mismatch in our energies and our life choices and our outlooks on life, I could not add any more value to them because we were just, we were living in two different worlds. Yeah, not so right. That was, that, was that was the answer that I was happy with. I could not, I cannot add any more value to your life. That's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I love that. I'm not sure if they loved it, but it's the truth. It's the truth. Sometimes it is that like that, right? Like we cannot serve everyone. That's I definitely could not serve them. And um I would be doing them a disservice by being in their lives. That that was was just the truth, the ultimate truth. Mm. Super brave. That's not easy. Yeah, that's, I mean, it's also very healing, right? So you have more space again, they have more space again. Like, why should we hold on to these things that are not beneficial for either uh, party, right? It was a lot easier to breathe once I yeah. dropped them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. I, I hope they felt the same way. Mm-hmm. Eventually, yeah. 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 Good. I love that. That's a fun game. and what kind of people like who are you asking these questions to do you ever find yourself like talking to strangers to get inspiration oh yeah yeah? how does that look that I just moved into a completely like new town I don't know a single person here like I would say I go to different gyms I meet new people which is like I'm I'm so I'm so proud of myself because I'm not someone who who uh, initiates you know new friendships or I, I'm not trying to start socializing with strangers because it's just out of my comfort zone but I like being out of my comfort zone so yes definitely strange I do love talking to strangers probably even more than to people that are close to me but I like I'm sure you can relate to that. It's not just everyone. It's not that it's not everyone that I want to open up to. And I'm not curious about everyone. And I know you want to know what are the type of people that I gravitate to, but I truly feel it on like a visceral, cellular, molecular level. Like I I can't just, it's not someone specific. It's not a specific type. I just, I truly feel it on a cellular level. Yeah, and I have I, to feel it. It's the butterflies. It's mm. always the butterflies. Yeah, the ting, 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 a little bit to the left, warmer, warmer, hot, hot, hot. <laughs> yeah. That's exactly how it is. It's the butterflies. Well, they find you. It could be too, huh? Yes, for sure. And so then you say, So, hi, I'm Sasha. What are your deepest wounds? Like, how does that work? <laughs> no, 
No, it doesn't work like that. I'm, I, I actually don't initiate, but I do. I feel like I exchange energy before someone approaches me first. I don't know. I guess it's in the way, I guess it's in the eye contact, body language. Mm -hmm. I don't actually approach anyone ever, regardless the, whether it's a girl or a boy or the trainer or a, you know, a member of the gym or a person in a coffee shop or hmm. I don't know, a person, a new person at work, I don't ever approach. I think I approach with like my eye contact and body language. And once they, they approach me, then there's more, it sounds so weird, but there's, there's more energy exchange somehow, like maybe in the small talk, mm -hmm. but it doesn't like, it's not a, a, a small talk about nothing. It's yes, I can definitely ask like tough questions right off the bat. Mm -hmm. I love that. And mm -hmm. I, I think it throws people off, but like in a good way, mm -hmm. they're like taken aback by it. But I can always explain it as like my occupational hazard. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, but it's so good to make that connection and also to give the other space to finally talk about these things because like people that we are surrounded with, a lot of them, they don't ask those questions, right? And we we want to get that out, like subconsciously maybe, but it needs to get out. It needs to have some space. So it's really beautiful. I, if, I think they do actually want to open up. Yeah. And give it space, right? Because it's locked in these these experiences or these feelings, or oh, and then finally you can breathe and you told someone, you know, and that feels a little lighter. And also someone really sees you when you ask those questions. That's a good, it's a good feeling to feel seen. Yeah. To be. I remember in grad school, I had we always have those like that one teacher, one professor that ruins your life. She was the worst. She was truly the worst. And I remember I was going to grad school and I was working full time and she wasn't happy with that. That's my dog sleeping and having a dream. I'm sorry. <laughs> she wasn't happy with that. She wanted, uh, she didn't want anyone working while they're in grad school. So she wasn't happy with me. So she ruined my life in my first year of grad school. But my, my last year of grad school, she came around, so I think it was very intentional to, to ruin my life. And she said one phrase that stuck with me, and it was many years ago, but it stuck with me very, on, on a very deep level. I always think about it. And it's simple. She, she said, it's nice to be held in mind. And it just blew my mind. It's nice to be held in mind. And that's all I want. Like, that's all I ever wanted for, for like, in my relationships. And, and I'm not talking, I'm not talking about like, be thoughtful and considerate with me. It's just think about, about me sometimes, just think fondly of me sometimes. Mm. And it makes me happy to know that people think, think of me sometimes. And it's more than enough for me. Mm. Beautiful. I love that. Such a mm. simple phrase. Mm. Say it well, again. It's nice to be held in mind. It's nice to be held in mind. That can mean so many things, huh? So many things, yes. Mm. That's a beautiful practice too. All right, I'm learning a lot. I'm learning a lot. 
So when you when you think about or when you um, bring up this practice for you, this passion of writing, is it something that feels like it's always what it's always um, how you want to share? Or do you also have like a private collection? Like, do you also just journal and write? That's something that's therapeutic for you. I jot down things. I don't necessarily necessarily write, but yes, writing poetry is my way of journaling. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yes. And I love yes, that there are poems that are unpublished. You have poems that are unpublished? Many. And I hope I'll be able to publish them one time, one day. Mm-hmm. Have you guys read Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo? Didn't you read an incredible book? It's like a bestseller and it's a novel, but it's incredible. Uh, Without ruining without ruining it for you, um, it's about someone elderly who is about about to publish her memoir at the end of her life about everything that has happened, and after all of her like seven husbands passed away. she's publishing her like last book I see that happening for me <laughs> with these poems <laughs> finally <laughs> but in, the book is incredible I hi- highly recommend oh, I I, um, I read like self-development books most of the time psychology books most of the time this is a novel but it's it's incredible yeah that's on the list as yeah. of now it keeps popping up for me, so I'm definitely gonna have to get get a copy. Yeah, it's a I thought you were that. Luce, I thought you were reading that on your phone. Wasn't it a story about a woman who had a lot of husbands? Yeah. No, this is a different story. Great listener, Hannah. Great listener. Do you have your poetry, Sasha? Do you have a poem that you would like to read for us today? Yes. Is it published or unpublished? I can read an unpublished from my upcoming book, if you guys want. Oh. Oh. Feels so special. Yeah. Gonna change my seat a little bit. Oh. Okay, let's see. What do I have? I'm reading off of my phone. Because it's unpublished yet. Let's see. Which one do I want? Do you guys want about life or love? Love. Me too. Yeah, (laughs) love. Okay. Home. My home is not in an opulent entrance, sophisticated crown moldings or grand staircase. My home is not in a flawlessly made up bed. It's in the way your chest is carved perfectly to cushion my head. My home is not in expensive dishes, It's in the way you unravel my inhibitions. My home is not in a prestigious address. It's in the way you can't help but slip your hand under my dress. My home is not in display and designer baggage. It's in our inside jokes and secret language. My home is not in a constantly sunny weather. It's in the way we are never not laughing together. My home is not in a custom made window panes. It's in the silliness of our pet names. My home is not in a list of guests too long to remember. It's in how desperate we are for each other's forever. It just makes me want to cry when I I read your Yay! Mission accomplished then. It's so real. Yeah. This is really what I'm going for. Yeah. 
This is what, what it is, right? Love, partnership. It, if it is like with a lover or even with a friend, right? Like it's about this. It's about not the other stuff. And the other stuff is nice also. It's nice to have a designer bag, of course. <laughs> of course. But <laughs> being, being able to enjoy that with someone who looks at life the same way. Yeah. That's a very good feeling. Mm. Thank you so much. It's my pleasure. Beautiful. Oh, I love poetry. <laughs> Me I hope too. you guys will read my, my second book. Yes, I'm going to be ordering your book for when I come back to the United States in a couple of weeks. It'll be waiting for me. Luce, I'll bring you a copy. Or oh, yeah. Them in Europe? Are they available worldwide? Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm booked. I don't know, I don't know if uh, Amazon delivers to my door because I, I live in Granada and it, uh, it's like a hundred steps to my house and there's no road. So I don't know if they're going to deliver. <laughs> Year, so I'll, I will find a way. I'm definitely gonna order your book. Well, check out bookdepository.com. I think they have world uh, free worldwide shipping. Mm. All right, thank you. Beautiful, thank you. Thank you, Sasha. Is there anything else you want to add or ask yourself? I will once we finish the podcast. I'm sure I'm gonna come up with like a million questions. <laughs> <laughs> not when you put me on the spot no <laughs> but it was a pleasure talking to you girl um so the same um this is how it goes right like you said like oh you feel it out and then people approach you i mean this happened with us with anna with you she sent me this like we need to talk with her it's like oh my god yes we do i'm i'm flattered and i'm happy you reached out thank you yeah it's been such a fun pleasure following your Instagram and seeing you grow and just being inspired really it's it's you can tell how much time and effort you put into curating with authenticity and with creativity and so yeah thank you for your feedback it means a lot truly means a lot I'll yeah. never stop seeing how thankful I am for the feedback that I get mm. and hopefully one day I can make out to your retreat we love that <laughs> how often do you do them um well right now we have one coming up in september in portugal right. that will be our last retreat of 2022 and then in 2023 january and february we'll be hosting retreats in costa rica that's a lot easier for me to get to although portugal is not far portugal was beautiful i loved it yeah lisbon new york lisbon pretty easy such a right yes western city but um especially from new york it's like five five and a half hours yeah nothing are you talking yourself into coming on our retreat right now sounds like it <laughs> i had planned a, a trip to paris with my best friend oh it's really easy to change that huh <laughs> yes it's not a no it's not a no because <laughs> that would be amazing to to make it to your retreat it sounds like you and your best friend are coming <laughs> my friend my best my best friend my best friend is not even into poetry so to oh. have her I mean she's my biggest supporter biggest supporter truly she's been detrimental to my progress mm. um, but honestly the truth is that I think our next retreat after Paris 
we're, we're committed to a, a psilocybin retreat. Oh, where's that? We've been researching. I said, I need that for creativity and I've never tried any, any drugs ever in my life. And I'm like, psilocybin resonates with me. That's going to be nice. Wait, wait, is that, where is that in the United States or? I'm yet to find one. Hmm. It's like, I want to do it responsibly. Yeah. But it just, I love, like, I love listening to podcasts and I read a lot about it. And my favorite authors, favorite authors have said so many times that you will, your life will be wasted if you never tried Mm. And I, I thought that was a big deal for them to say. And they're like best-selling authors. Wow. If they say it, then I have to try it. Let's go. Let's go together. Okay. Once I find one, I'll let you girls know. Yes. yes. <laughs> mm. There's a lot of that going on around here. So maybe you can find that down here. I think so. I have my eye on someone right now. But I think he's thinking of doing that. I don't know if you guys do. You guys know um, the supplement brand Symbiotica? Mm, I've heard of this, yeah. Incredible. And the research behind it. And so the founder is someone who I would trust to guide me through a psilocybin mm. trip. Because you have to microdose. And I cannot even believe I'm saying that on, on air. <laughs> on air. But I think I think people need to start talking. This is how you adult. You have to start doing like psilocybin. Hmm. Yeah. <laughs> be a productive adult. You want to be a real adult. Yeah. Yes. yes. I'll let you know once I find one that I trust. I'll let you know. Perfect. Yeah. Yes, please. Yeah. There's no uh, no no secret microdosing going on during our rhyme retreat. So no secret. Or there is one. No, 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 no. But you know that I show, Mind Perfect Strangers? Have you seen that with Nicole Kidman? And yes. Like, yeah. Blew my not, mind. Not happening in rhyme retreats, but you know. I think that, that, that show is what made me like, you have to. You have to. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it was incredible. But actually, our last retreat, people were asking if we were doing that secretly because they felt so good. So that's good. Really? That's even better. Yeah. Hi on your own the magic. Sorry. Wow. I'm saying that's even better to mm-hmm. feel that good without doing mushrooms. Hi on your own magic, right? Yeah.